0: things theology all things theology we chop it up properly without an apology gotta give dexology to god hollow because this is how we do it at all things theology grace and peace grace and peace guys welcome back to an episode of all things theology where i'm your host k-dub and today we're going to talk about old carbon pearson but before we do that make sure you like this video subscribe to the channel if you're not And as always, click the notification bell so you can be aware when I drop content. So, Carlton Pearson, you may be asking yourself, who is Carlton Pearson? Well, Carlton Pearson was a popular, charismatic preacher in the heyday of TBN. (laughs) That tells you a lot right there. Well, uh, quite a few years ago, uh, he made uh, national news, it seemed like, by saying he was a universalist. And a lot of stuff came out of that. But... And he kind of disappeared from from What I saw, I mean, I know there was a Netflix movie, or a movie on Netflix made about him called Come Come Sunday, something like that. And I really hadn't heard not too much about him until a couple months ago. I've been meaning to get to this video for some time now. Um, I saw that, and so I said, "Hey, let me. I'll take a look at that, and we'll 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 respond." You know, but let's start this. Let's start this show off with a little energy. I got I gotta get some energy in here, you know, you know. So let's let's start it up. Let's
1: hit that like button, y'all.
0: <laughs> hit the like button one time for me. We'll hit the yells you know, we hit the like button. Hit the yell. Uh, hit the like button, you know. Get a little hydration. But yes, we'll be dealing with things like uh Christian Universalism because Uh, Carlton Pearson is a Christian universalism. We'll we'll look into that and what that means. And you know, there are varying what do you call uh, degrees of universalists. There's all kinds of universalists out there. So, you guys know how I do on this show. I, I you know I make you familiar with a lot of heresy, but then I show you how to respond, and most importantly, show you how to think about it. Think about how to respond to unbiblical uh ideologies and positions so without further ado yes yes my wife says need to make it to the store to get some waterloo yes because all i have today i don't have waterloo i just have water that's that's all i have today look i mean don't get me wrong water is good i need to hydrate it. but it ain't it ain't the waterloo it ain't what what you guys know me for you don't know me for water it's the waterloo right so (laughs) Let's get into this.
1: Religion can impact the way that we see the world. It does impact the way we see the world. And it can be easily to deny the existence of problems in the face of continual optimism and faith that a higher power will fix any challenge encountered. But this toxic positivity can lead to lasting harm. You tell yourself it's going to be all right and it doesn't really get all right. So a
0: lot of you may be like, well, it is going to get alright. but I really think he's aiming this at his his past, and what I mean his past is the very word of faith, charismatic background that he's coming from. To where, um, you know, word of faith background is is I, I mean, he called it toxic positivity. I I say uh, unbiblical posit- positivity, right? Where uh, you know, just have faith faith that you'll get that job, or you know unrealistic expectations as well and and so i think that's what he's responding to more so but let's say he's addressing every christian right i mean ultimately it will get better right i mean Re- revelation 5 right god will wipe every tear from our eye um you know no more no more sin no more sickness no more pain no no more uh, uh, of what we feel today right in a sinful negative light will be happening when god comes and makes when he consummates the end, all things are made new. All things are made right. Right. And so for either way, I, I, I address both just in case he's, he's talking about me or the word of faith people.
1: But of course, we can't always change situations. We can change how we see and sense them and how we evaluate them and how we look at them and how we uh, traverse through them and manage ourselves through them. Religious trauma can lead to an individual believing that they are inherently bad.
0: So he says religious trauma can lead to the inherently problem that uh every that pretty much that we're all bad. Well, <clears throat> I mean, if you believe the Bible, yes, um uh, no one is good, no not one. Um So one of the central things you're going to see throughout this video is this man claims to be Christian in some vague way. I mean, you you end up by the time you get done with his Christianity, you're like what's biblical about this and you may ask that and i think that's a valid question but yeah if you believe the bible right which teaches us about who god is who christ is then yes you are not good and only and only a prideful person could come to that conclusion i mean i know unbelievers who even who are christians like yeah I'm, i'm messed up i'm jacked up right you have to be pretty self-righteous person to believe that you're good, if you know yourself, right? You know your flaws. You know the things you messed up. And you still come to the conclusion, no, I'm not that bad. Like, <laughs> that's a self-righteous person if you've seen one.
1: Or condemned, especially if they've experienced this sort of a purity culture, which I'm from a holiness background. Even after they've left the religion and their previously held beliefs, you still wrestle with this whole idea of what is holy this is the state
0: yeah so he he talks about yeah uh you know people being condemned well yeah this is why the bible has to tell christians there is no longer any condemnation because at one time there was prior to being in christ right so like like i said this this common theme of on this yeah the common theme of you know, yeah, I I believe in this Christ figure, but nothing about Christ is actually going to be, like I said, when he gets done telling you about Christ, you're like, I don't recognize any of this person from the Bible. E- exactly. Exactly. I feel like he said something else there at the end that I might've missed. Yo, grace and peace. Ali, grace and peace. Travis, my main man. Yes, you're right. Rather than allowing the scriptures to shape and form my experience, my experience will determine the scriptures and his teaching. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Left the religion and their previously held beliefs, you still wrestle with this whole idea of what is holy. This is the statement I made some 20 years ago that got
0: oh, listen to this, guys. Listen to this statement because this is this will probably be the uh, the most shocking, I don't even want to use shocking, but discouraging, alarming thing for you to hear. So let's let's listen to this.
1: Be in the most trouble with some of my friends, particularly the evangelical fundamentalist charismatic Pentecostal. World I was living in as a dominant figure in
0: pretty much anybody who vaguely claims to believe the Bible. <laughs> so, you know, it's bad when every everybody of every sect disagrees with you. <laughs> That's how bad this
1: statement is going to be. Uh, I said I was actually quoting uh, the late Apostle T.L. Osborne, one of the greatest missionary evangelists on the planet of his generation. My mother supported me and Daisy for years before I ever met them, and I did have to probably submit, meet with them and sit with them and chat with them. And uh, I was hosting TBN live.
0: Oh, and that lets you know where he's coming from a lot. He's hosting TBN. Um, <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, so, yeah. Right here on the campus of O.R.U., and T.L. Osborne was my guest that night. He was my only guest for an hour-long show, I think. And uh, he said, to me, live, I just started preaching the gospel of inclusion. The whole world is saved, Carlton. They just don't know it.
0: like, what? I said, back up, sir, man of God. Did you guys hear that? I- I- I'm going to let him finish that. He said, the whole world is saved. They just don't know it yet. Let's let's listen to it again.
1: Prophet of God, apostle. Say that again. I remember yelling to my church, Hire me. are y'all listening? Because the furry had already started around me saying that. And he said... You see, Carson, the whole world is saved. They just don't know it. And I add, and most Christians, or so-called believers, don't actually believe it.
0: Yeah, that's right, because it's unbiblical. To say that the whole world is saved and don't know it yet? Um, You know, I was thinking through this aspect uh, of, of being saved, and um, a couple of verses came to mind. It says, by grace. Ephesians 2, eight by grace you are saved through faith. So we don't know we even have, does a person know they have faith and trust in God? How do they have salvation, but the faith that they've come to believe in the God for salvation, is that mystical as well? Uh, the Bible also talks about in 1 Corinthians one eighteen that we are saved by the cross, right? The cross is, cross is what saves us. So you would have to have no knowledge of the cross as well. If you don't know, you have salvation. Salvation is one of the greatest uh, accomplice- accomplishments of God and one of the most, I would argue, life-changing things that a believer experiences it, yet he's saying you can go your whole life and not know any of this, you know? Like getting hit with a train and you don't know the effects of it. <laughs> um, and absolutely, yes. hope so you're right on. There are no new apostles. So, yeah, he's he's right on a lot. Sorry, he's wrong on a lot of things. But... I want to stick to the issue right here of universalism, teaching that you that everybody is saved. They just don't know. That right there is um, very bad teaching, very bad teaching. He says, wasn't the progressive missionary Baptist church a denomination of uh, MLK? I'm not sure about that, but I know MLK had a lot of uh, liberal theology. Uh, I'm not sure if he was a universalist, but I know his view of scripture was not conservative. Randolph says I'm late. No, brother, you are right on time. You are right on time. <laughs> uh yeah, so so yeah, no, not everybody is saved. <laughs> you know who's saved? Those who have trust come to trust in Jesus Christ alone for salvation. Not ever not and we're gonna get more into his uh pluralistic uh views of religion and salvation later too but and l- let me say this because there are different kinds of universalists there are universalists who believe no matter what people do they'll be saved no matter what that's kind of a broad definition of universals or view of some kind of universe Th- then there are some universalists who say well there will be some punishment for certain people but eventually they'll be saved and so that's kind of more of a a nuanced view of uh, uh universalists that have existed um yeah, yeah. Randolph asked a good question. So why preach if everyone is saved? <laughs> yeah, be a mechanic. That's right. That's a good point. That's a good point. Because uh, he calls this because he's quoting this guy and he calls him evangelist. What 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 actually is he evangelizing if he believes everybody's going to be saved? What's the point of evangelizing? Giving good news. Well, I guess the good news is everybody's going to be saved, but that's not the Bible's good news. The Bible's good news is he he saves that to trust in him. Uh, Cheryl says, God bless you. God bless you. This sounds like emergent theology. Yeah, this is just liberal, um,
1: pluralistic theology. Absolutely, we say we believe in the finished work of redemption, which is what we call Christ and Calvary. The finished work when He has said, "Jesus is quoted Him, said it is finished." What the work of redemption? He hadn't even.
0: You know what? He's actually going to make a good point here, and I want. And this is why I actually believe in limited atonement, or Definite atonement that Jesus' um, work was completed on behalf of those um, whom He elected. Uh, and he died for those whom He elected to save, and then, and, um as a result of that, that brings forth uh, faith when He has uh, opened our eyes to see. Right, regenerated us, but He actually has a good point here. If you believe Jesus died for every single person that's ever lived, and that the work of Jesus is completed. But you believe half people go, you know, some people go to heaven and hell. I, I would argue that's inconsistent. Um, the death on the cross saves everybody whom it was intended for. The issue is it it was only intended for his people, i.e. those who repent and believe. Uh, otherwise, you'd have Jesus atoning for sins, but yet people still being punished for sins. Some kind of double jeopardy kind of, uh, you know, they're being punished for sins that have already been paid for it. And so I think he has a good point. The issue is he goes the other extreme and says, well, since he died for everybody, that means everyone will be saved. Uh, Not a good biblical argument. Am I on Facebook? Yes, I am. Matter of fact, you guys can follow the All Things Theology Facebook page if you like.
1: (laughs) I get the process. He had made his decision. He was on the cross. A few hours later, he was dead. And uh, three days later, according to scripture, he was uh, resurrected. But in that process, if you believe Christian doctrine, and I'm suggesting that you should or that even you do, but those are the ones who struggle most with what I preach.
0: Yeah, because (laughs) it's so against what the Bible says. It's so against Christian theology. Um, Universalism has no place in Christian theology, if you really believe the Bible. I mean, the Bible talks about there will be people in hell with weeping and gnashing of the teeth. And you want to know the sad thing? This guy actually admits it. Just, just wait a second, you're going to be like, wait a minute, he admits what you're saying? Yes, stick around, stay
1: around. Uh, the whole world is saying they just do Look, both the uninformed world and those who should be informing the world act on and or act out their beliefs in this whole sinfulness, guilt, and shame thing, making the world a far less safe experience of the soul and of the psyche.
0: So if you believe in any form of shame and and guilt, then that actually makes the world worse. I would actually argue the opposite makes the world worse. Just think about it from this view, right? You have parents you love and, um, right? I mean, any any parent, I think, instills this in their children and the child reflects this back to their child. Like, as a child, you know, you would hate or you should hate to displease your parents, right? To bring shame upon the family name. That was—that used to be a big deal. It's not its not really a big deal today, but it used to be a big deal to where you would not go to school acting a fool because guess what? You don't want your mom to be disappointed. And guess what? Also, you don't want that belt. Let's be real. <laughs> but he's saying, no, that idea of shame and guilt is a bad idea. Um, No, it's not. Yeah, he must not know the whole bible <laughs> sad part is he knows it he just doesn't believe it that's the real sad part
1: because sinfulness as i talked last week about 10 sin consciousness uh wrestling with consciousness and guilt and shame and sham the pain and the agony of trying to find out what works is god really upset with you because most christians believe in a god who can be angered and who often is angry
0: Uh, Yeah, if you believe that God is holy, yeah, this is not a difficult concept to believe that God um, hates sin. I mean, Psalm 5, right, (laughs) talks about God. We're going to return to this theme a little later because this this is this big hang up. uh, This is a large hang up with him, with the Christian view that or let's be honest, the biblical view. Um, Hold on, get to that comment in a second, but. You know the Bible talks about God being angry well, let's let's just look up a few verses let's just look up a few verses and 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 you know what just for his sake I'll do New Testament only because you know how some of these Martian Christians uh, operate. Oh, that's Old Testament well it's same God um Colossians 3: 6 for it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the son's obedience oh disobedience um let's see. Romans 1.18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteous of men who suppress the truth in their unrighteousness. Wow. Much more than having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. Wow. Whoa. Take it easy, Bible. <sighs> Ephesians 5.6, Let no one deceive you with empty words like caution Pearson. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. I mean, so many verse that speaks about this. Oh, uh, he says that he was blessed by Pearson. Oh, uh, Howard John. Uh, You'll have to send me that. Email me that. That's not surprising, given Howard John Wesley, I think, is a practical universalist, uh, pretty much anyway. Uh, yeah, God is angry with the wicked every day. Um, yeah, that's right. Uh, Ali, the law court motif is intrinsically part of the Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We're, we're going to see he hates these things. It, Carlton Pearson hates the gospel.
1: I mean, I, watch you, you don't believe me the bible particularly the old testament shows god's anger but the new and
0: oh, hold on because he's gonna yes oh.
1: Testament also says it's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of a living god
0: yeah um i would actually argue that the new testament actually raised the stakes so to speak right uh read the book of revelation uh you want to talk about anger wow We'll 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 pick that theme up in a little bit but
1: yeah um, because the living God has emotions and commotions and a living God has feelings and opinions and a living, um, a living God is wrathful and judgmental. I'll deal with more with that.
0: Yeah, he's going to deal with that too. but let me deal with what he just said, <clears throat> because when he says things like emotions and it, it makes it seem like God is this, uh, this God of just like, he's constantly flow. This is why I think the, the, the doctrine of the simplicity of God is very instrumental not understanding that God is not made up of parts and things like that, but God is God to, to say, to say it simply, so, you know, I have a little love here, little, little, little wrath, little justice, little holiness, and all this makes up God. No, that's not, that's not biblical. Um, but he kind of makes it seems like God is just kind of just getting irritated. And next thing you know, he's just, uh, he's just kind of, derived derived from like just state of just heated right uncontrollable wrath like almost like a toddler is kind of how he describes god that's that's a terrible way that's a terrible way of describing god but you know when you don't believe what the bible says you got to attack it and you know do these kind of uh arguments like this but
1: further along in the lecture consider this question are we saved by god from god
0: i want you to think about it you know, how, you know how I tell y'all. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Are we saved from God by God? Now, you guys know how, how we do it here, right? You know, all of us in the Bible, believe the Bible, all of us in the chat. We believe what the Bible says. So we're like, yes, <laughs> the Bible clearly states that. What, what, what verse says that? What verse says that we're saved by God? through god or saved from god well very clear romans 5 9 since there since therefore we have been justified by his blood much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of god notice that romans 5 9 we are saved from the wrath of god saved by god for god to god unto god from god right um so yeah if you believe the Bible it's not very difficult to understand that we are saved from the wrath of God as Romans 5 9 states and this this like I said this comes down to the fundamental uh fundamental position with him and a lot of other people um he doesn't he doesn't believe what the Bible says here or do we
1: just need Jesus to protect us from God
0: well that, may, that makes it seem like the father is the bully and Jesus is kind of the, or or, or maybe like uh, <laughs> the father is the stepdad and Jesus is like the, the mom who lets you get away with stuff. That, that's kind of how he frames this, like terrible, again, terrible. Jesus is the mediator. He stands in the gap because guess what? Apart from faith in Christ, Jesus would have wrath on you. So it's not like they're in, in disunity. They're in unity upon this. Decision they made to save a particular people for his own possession. But again, you have to describe it like the father is just this angry, out of control stepdad and Jesus is feeling sorry and just like, please, father, don't don't do it. Don't please it's like. Ugh. Bad theology, bad theology.
1: What if both heaven and hell, as we been taught about them, are crafted by humankind and not the true story? Of human and or humane infinity,
0: so he's he he so he's going to ask these series of questions, right? Now he's kind of well, what if hell is driven by man and not by you know divine by God? Well, the problem is it's taught in the Bible very clearly. Uh, two, this is what apostates do; they they are good, or I, I don't really want to give them good, but they love to challenge Christians. Uh, they love to challenge Christians. They'll they'll ask challenging questions, but they can't answer a lot of their own questions, right? So I will ask a question for um, um, Carlton. Since he denies God actually get, bring about justice in hell, he has a view of justice that many people will get away with sin. Many people will get away with unrighteousness here on this earth. And his the only thing he would have to be able to say is like, yeah, I mean that's just that's just the way world we live in, right? He has no final day of judgment where God will make everything right. See, I do, but I'm sure he hasn't thought about that question. See, he he has a lot more challenging questions to answer once he's rejected the biblical God. Don't and let me encourage you guys: don't make the don't put the because the atheist loves to be in the offensive seat. Put them make them be defensive sometimes. Make them defend their worldview and the presuppositions and conclusions that it leads to if they're consistent. Oh, you say there's no God? Oh, really? What's your objective standard of morality? Like a good atheist or unbeliever. Oh, all all morality is subjective. So what is actually evil? Things to think about. Press them on this issue of evil. Morality. Since they rejected uh, the biblical worldview. Something, something to press them on, right? No, uh, we can provide uh, rigorous answers for the Christian faith. Christians have been doing that for thousands of years.
1: We made divinity. Can we be divine? Are we really made in the image of this?
0: Can we be divine? That's going to be important, important, later. Can we be divine? Can we be God? Since we're made in God's image. That's not what it means to be made in God's image. It means that we, sh- we share in his, uh, in the communicable attributes, right? Uh, not to do a long study on that, but just the communicable attributes that we share that God, God has. And, and, and even that is not to the same degree, right? Um, (laughs) yeah, we share in his communicable attributes such as, um, let's see, um, wrath, right? We can get angry, obviously not to the degree of God. Um, we can be holy, obviously not, that's definitely well that's speaking to the christian for sure but not, not even to the degree of god so there are many co- communicable attributes of god but they are incommunicable like we're not our, our mission right we're we're not my omnipresent we don't share in any degree of those so some something to study about if you're looking into learning about this
1: of christ if most of the world will spend eternity in a lake of fire weeping wailing and gnashing of teeth in torment and torture how can mercy endure forever so he's saying, if
0: if if most of the world will go to hell, how can mercy endure forever? As and he's quoting the psalmist David. Well, mercy will go on forever. Not for everybody, but for those whom God has saved. So again, you're 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 assuming this is universalistic in the sense of uh, every single person, but it's mercy endures for His people. But again. You're a universalist, so you don't get the, you, you, you're not being challenged in these ways. So, hey, I would love if Carlton person came on and <laughs> talked to me about these things. I, I think it would be a great conversation. I, would, would you guys like that if Carlton Poulsen came on the All Things Theology podcast? By the way, give it a like.
1: <laughs> Mercy is reserved only for Jews and Christians, which I don't Well,
0: I would say it's only reserved for Christians. Uh. Uh, unless you're a believing jew which would therefore would make you a christian you're not saved just cause by default of uh, being born into the right ethnicity um i don't know where you got that from
1: believe that but a Jew named david wrote that his mercy endures forever was that a presumption or an assumption or just an emotion that David felt when he was doing of his songs
0: uh no it was true you're just misinterpreting it so the said, the most interesting thing about Pearson is how he got this way. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll say this to th- that, Daryl. Um, bad theology leads you to bad positions. He was in a very uh, unbiblical denomination. Uh, a lot of Pentecostal denomination has a lot of unbiblical thoughts. And so he started probably to see how these things didn't line up with, with, with the Bible. But instead of believing the Bible, he just went to further unbiblical stuff, right? Which is never the solution.
1: Is that true? And if it is true, how can torture, torment, bitter uh, burning and, and fire and brimstone last forever to some person whom you love and know a relative, a son, a daughter, a parent, an uncle, a aunt, a cousin? Or- but notice what he calls hell.
0: This is torture, right?
1: Just
0: why not call it what the Bible justice? They're being punished for their sin which i would hope i would hope you not be so far removed from the bible that you wouldn't say sin needs to be punished for or sin is bad if you admit sin needs to be bad sin is bad then there there is a penalty for this i mean i I, you you know you probably is not wouldn't agree with that as well but even in our modern justicism that reflects on a small scale what happens in the divine court
1: (laughs) somebody you've never met in your life has never heard the gospel heard about jesus heard scripture read scripture never listened to christian radio christian television never been to a crusade never heard of being a missionary i mean there are millions of people who haven't and won't but they're still created in the image supposedly in likeness of christ and that they are part of a cosmos the world that jesus died for to atone for both sin. And sinners. So let's ask questions. Let's answer questions. Then, then let's question our answers, as I say repeatedly. So let's ask questions,
0: answer our questions, and then question our answers. So essentially, you get nowhere. (laughs) You know, you get nowhere in this. So he 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 gives you something, but actually, it's like, well, I end up doubting that as well. So see. This is this is like liberalism on steroids. This is this is hyper skepticism skepticism on steroids. What actually it breeds nothing and, and, and it's ultimately led people to nihilism. Nihilism being the view that ultimately nothing matters. Right? Because there's there's no end game, there's no goal to anything, there's no objective truth. Carlton Pearson ultimately would have no defense for leading and going into nihilism. You know? But I find it very strange that he questions the wrath of God, but there's no question about the love of God or the mercy of God. See, this is what Carlton Pearson has done. He's created a God he likes. Oh, the stuff, the attributes of God I like, I'll take that. Yeah, love. Yeah, I'll take it. Grace, I'll take it. Mercy, yep. Patience, yep. Wrath, ugh. Justice, yeah. uh -uh. See, you don't get to cherry pick about what you like about God. It's either all of him or nothing. Right. And so,
1: yeah, I'm in the question, my answer phase right now. I've been a long time.
0: He's in the question, my answer phase. Well, <laughs> um, so everything you said here, we should question. Right. <laughs> so I- I'm in the answer phase and I'm confident in my answer phase. And by God's grace, I'll remain there and stay there <laughs> as long as he keeps me. But, yeah, this is where deconstruct. Yeah, Daryl said it right. He de- deconstructed himself outside of the faith. This is where deconstruction leads. Matter of fact, I'm gonna do a video tomorrow at 2 p.m. Central. Make sure you, uh, you know, if you can watch. I'll be talking a little bit about deconstruction and responding to an uh, atheist who, yeah, who claims before a Christian left the faith. But tune in tomorrow. We'll we'll get into that. But yeah, this is where deconstruction leads you. By the time you look up, you 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 after you've deconstructed all these things the the jesus you believe in looks nothing like the bible yeah build a god that's right <laughs> you, you just go to go to you know uh you know the religion and yeah you, you just pick pick what you like about god right you connect it and there we go i got me a god i got me a golden calf right <laughs> yeah you you like you pick the things about god you like i'm i'm thankful god is is holy i'm thankful god will display wrath and, and all things will be made right. Justice. I, I I want all of God. And the things that have some hesitancy, hesitancy about, I need to be conformed to about those things. Not God. God doesn't need to conform to what I want.
1: Right? No. I've given these wrong answers, parroted answers that I've heard over the years, quoting certain scriptures and many people who are on here now who are detractors quote those scriptures, and it's okay to ask
0: legitimate questions that I want you to. Um. So he calls the people who are just close detractors, right? Even though, I mean, like I said, he's in a worldview of contradicting, right? You you question everything, but if you come on here confident about something, then you're a detractor, um, which is ironic. Like, Like I said, people who do not believe in any objectivity of truth end up living in a world of contradiction. Worlds of contradictions.
1: Because that's how you grow. Just because you ask a question, that doesn't mean you disagree. It means that you want further explanation and understanding. Of course, again, I welcome that.
0: Or I ask questions because I actually don't think your answer is sufficient. Now, yeah, sometimes I may ask questions to understand what you believe, right? But sometimes the questions are good to show, oh, this is actually inconsistent.
1: (laughs) But, yeah. And most of the people who come on are curious and adventurous and are kind. Occasionally, there's some little you know, bonehead that comes on here with an attitude. But he pretty much, or she, exposes who they are and who they aren't and the way they respond to what I'm saying or to people who respond to them.
0: But I hope you question your that answer. You don't do that with that. See, it's, 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 a, it's a philosophical, uh, illogical system that puts this up his head because he actually doesn't do this with everything. He, he just does it with the things he doesn't like. Be careful with people
1: like that. Um... Anyway, anyway, if we're saved from the wrath of God, as the scripture says.
0: See, he even admits the scripture says this, but he doesn't believe it. But let's continue.
1: Why do you think God in heaven, where peace supposedly reigns supreme and eternally, would, could, or should the almighty God of creation be so wrathful?
0: Because that's who God is. He That's the attribute he possesses. God is God. God is holy. So again, he he just asks these questions, but he has no answer of that in light of what the Bible says. Besides, he just rejects it. Yeah, he said when he denied hell, that's what told me to stay away. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, how do you how do you read the Bible and say, yeah, God isn't wrathful? <laughs> like how do you, how do you come to that conclusion? You read the Bible, there is no hell. You read the Bible, everybody's gonna be saved. There is no way to. There is no way you could read the Bible uh, and come to that conclusion. There's no way. You know, you have to be taught in this heresy. You know, there's no way you can come to that conclusion.
1: How could and would and should and why would God be so angry? And is that anger eternal in heaven while billions of people are eternally being tortured?
0: Again, using uh, extremist language, torture as if it's unjust. See, torture carries this notion of they aren't deserving of the punishment, right? Like if someone just came into my house. Uh, tying me up and uh, just started stabbing me. That that would be torture, right? I did nothing to them to deserve that. But the person in hell did everything to deserve their punishment in hell. See, the language that he's using is actually unfair. Unfair.
1: Is God completely removed from that and are we who may have loved ones according to the way some people believe who are in hell? Loved ones, people we really love and wouldn't or get out of hell to I'm gonna say this that
0: may be a shock to some of you but God won't won't be removed from hell he'll be in hell what do I mean by that it's it's his wrath that will be poured out on them to say it another way of say it bluntly hell is God's hell you know I know we have the uh you know what's the view of many people where it's Satan p- p- torturing people for hell. that's not a biblical view God will be pouring out his wrath on the unbeliever. Yeah, that's right here. Uh, He hates the God of the Bible, so why he has to make up one? Yeah, the cosmic child abuse. Silly, silly argument.
1: Hell, Except we don't have permission, even by the blood, or Jesus, or God, or the Holy Ghost, or scriptures, or grace, or mercy. There's no way we can get these people out of hell, and there's no way God's mercy or grace will not at some point get them out of that hellish torment. And who would even think of that kind of?
0: No, uh, it's eternal damnation for a reason.
1: So, yeah, yeah. Torment, and who would even think of that kind of torture?
0: And again, the the that's continual language of torture. Who would think of this torture? Well, um, I, I reject your description of this, but clearly you have no view of punishing sin because you're unholy. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't expect men to punish sinners uh, in that way. Uh, Because yeah, you probably would allow man to sin. Thankfully, you're not God, right? You have no view of justice.
1: Call themselves a loving God. What God is so demented and deranged and so angry and so vengeful and vindictive and, and villainous and hateful that he would create a place or posture where billions of people are tormented the rest of their lives. I attack that concept because it is typical of those who believe in the God of the Bible.
0: I thought you believed in the God of the Bible, Carlton. Uh, you claim to be a Christian, but you reject every, like every uh, Christian uh, like distinctive. You reject, I mean, it's, I would say it's quite impressive, but it's sad. Um, yeah, you reject the doctrine of hell because you don't believe what Jesus said. Jesus believed in hell. This, this is a question I've often asked people who reject some major tenet of theology. I'll say, Yeah, that's right, Sister April. Yeah, he does not know the Bible. I asked them, Do you believe what Jesus said? You know, your all knowing Lord and Savior who you claim to believe in. Do you believe Jesus? And I, I've had a couple times where people say, no, I don't. I don't believe what Jesus said. So I'm often, how do you know more than the all-knowing savior? But anyways, that's another, but ultimately they, they don't, be, he doesn't believe Jesus. His real problem is with Jesus, <laughs> not Christians. And guess what? Jesus will come back and you'll stand before him, Carlton. <sighs> we'll, we'll, we'll stand, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit.
1: Worship that God, fear that God, reverence that God, serve that God, and try to avoid that God's wrath. That whole thing has got people mentally ill. I mean, psychotic. So, if you believe
0: in hell, Carl Pearson said, that that makes people psychotic and mentally ill. Well, (laughs) I think I'm doing... Fine in my mental health. Uh I I would argue a lot of people in this chat watching this video are doing fine in this uh in their mental health. This is this is very insulting. This is very insulting. You know, he pretty calls you he calls you psychotic if you believe this position. Um rather than just dealing with the Bible says. I mean I mean there we go. According to you, Carlton, Jesus is psychotic. <laughs> this is see, this is where this stuff leads. This is what this stuff leads for. Leads to, rather. Um, Where you would have to call Jesus psychotic. Be really curious if you'll stand before him and say that. But no, we're doing fine in our mental health. It's my view of hell, i.e. God's wrath, which causes me to worship him. Because it's a holy God I stand before. And that's why you don't come to him flippantly. Like many of you
1: charismatics do, which is your background, so with external realities sick physically mentally emotionally very unstable um the, the, what and you know what uh, to put
0: it clearly christians shouldn't be you know the, the christian isn't worried you know why because there's no condemnation of christ we don't fear hell you should be the one fearing hell uh carlson pearson it should make you mentally un- healthly, unhealthy. unhealthy because you under you should understand the wrath of God that is coming to you unless you repent.
1: What's missing in heaven, or perhaps in Him, God, that would trigger such vicious rage over created humanity?
0: See, Carlson, he has no concept of the holiness of God. The the, the as uh, I love how uh, Paul Warsh put puts it, the holy hatred of of the God who's on the throne for sin you you, you read uh, uh, Bible verses like uh, Psalm 5-4 you are not a God who delights in wickedness evil may not dwell with you right this God is holy this God is holy who we're dealing with who hates sin yet Carlton just thinks God should just sweep sin under the rug and no matter what No atonement, no none of this. It's all swept under the rug. Yes, this is right. All those years of legalism, which is predominant in Pentecostal circles, especially one of Pentecostal circles, is what makes him this way. His faith tradition, by and large, was just a list of do's and don'ts. That's right. Never understanding the gospel. And oh, he's. I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to do a spoiler alert, but I don't want to spoil it. But he's going to say something very interesting. That I was like, oh, it all makes sense. But we'll get there.
1: That God would come up with. We don't know when he came up with hell. We think maybe when Noah came out of the ark. We don't know when God
0: came up with hell. <laughs> How about it was a decree of all eternity or, you know, it's an attribute God possesses, meaning his wrath that's poured out in hell. Oh, man. And
1: had some kind of incestuous sexual encounter with his own son.
0: Well, it was his was daughter, so I, I don't know what he's talking about. He's talking about Noah. He, he had an incestuous relationship with his daughter. Well, while he was drunk, I'm not, not excusing it, but. Oh, man.
1: In a drunken stupor, and uh, then God says, okay, the water thing, the flood thing didn't work. I don't like it. I'm not going to use it again. Next time I'm going to. That's not what happened. <laughs> that is not what happened. Like God's just like, man, I'm
0: gonna do this flood thing. And it's like, man, that ain't, that ain't, that ain't stop sin. Oh, what am I gonna do now? Hmm. I go, I'll give them hell. You you know, people who reject the Bible, read the Bible. And you ever notice this? They read the Bible in the worst possible way ever. In ways they would not want their own writings or words to be read. Right. (laughs) Uh, Culture does that. Right. God's, uh, you know. Pouring out his wrath on people in hell. Uh, God just being vindictive and
1: uh, torturing people. It's like, oh boy. Fire. Is that an allusion to hell? Uh, Does God really plan to burn us and torture us infinitely? And if no flesh and blood can dwell in heaven, then no flesh and blood maybe can dwell in hell. So is the fire a metaphor?
0: No, He's just asking questions, but this is all to uh, give you doubt. Did God say? This, doesn't that sound very similar? Did God say about hell? Did God say He's really holy? Did God say He's really just? So I said. By the way, that must have looking pretty firm. Hell. Oh, this is nothing. This is like a week. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> give me, give me a couple weeks. This will, this will be looking real good. <laughs> Colton who? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. I, I, I got something for him. Hold on. You, you guys know how I do my sound effects. Hold on. I, where is this one? Where is this one? Hold on. Yeah. Colton Pearson?
1: Wait a minute. Who are you? <laughs> who
0: are you, man? You just come along and just reject all Christian doctrine for the sake of your, um, your liberal followers.
1: Or is it literally burning our spirits, tormenting our flesh or what is the whole, I mean, the whole thing is pretty ridiculous.
0: Pretty. No, it's not ridiculous. Uh, You haven't provided actual reason for why it's ridiculous. You just keep asking questions and just, and then now your conclusion is ridiculous. But, but again, I'm going to follow your principle. We should doubt or question your answers, right? So the, the, the fact that you just said this hell is ridiculous. We're gonna follow your principle, Carlton, and we're gonna doubt that. We're gonna question that answer you just gave. You know what I mean? <laughs> you actually live. This is a live video. Yeah, I love that kid too. It's my favorite kid. Let's let's give him another shout out, Carlton Pearson.
1: Wait a minute. Who are you? Who
0: are you, man? Who are you?
1: Obscure, obscene, absurd, but I preached it with passion. I didn't do a lot of hellfire and burnstone preaching, but we do it. And I notice what he's about to say.
0: I, this is this part was like really got me where I'm like, wow.
1: I heard it. I sat under it. I never liked it. I never completely agreed with it. I always questioned the validity or the accuracy of that kind of approach. But
0: you know, so he's up here just saying, you know, I never really believed it. I, I was never really comfortable with with God's wrath being poured out on sinners who violate God's holy law his perfect law I, I, I was never really comfortable with that idea but I but I preached it you're a coward man that's what that that's all that means you're a coward you'll you'll preach what the the, the what people were doing so all the time he was in the Pentecostal movement he just said, I I never really believed this stuff and I know there are people in pulpits today that are just like this um cowardly men who stand up there who will lie to you every Sunday about things they claim to have convictions about. Get out of the pulpit. I feel like I feel like Steve Lawson. Give us some men who know the truth, right? Stand up for it, man. Get out of the pulpit if you you're up there fumbling uh on your skirt as you go to the pulpit. Get out of the pulpit if this is you. So again again, um, I have no respect. I have no respect for, for Carlton Pearson for saying this. For for years he's claiming, hey, look, I, I I didn't believe I didn't believe in hell. I didn't believe in God's wrath. And <laughs> matter of fact, I was uncomfortable with it for years. Then you should have never been preaching. What was the real motive, Carlson? Why did you do it? Very interesting. Sorry, I got I got my I got my Steve Lawson uh you know, uh, you know what? This is what I got to say to uh, Carmen Pearson. Boy, ain't no way, boy. Boy, ain't no way, boy. Boy, ain't no way, man. Ain't no way you went up there every Sunday not believing in this stuff. Ain't no way. <laughs> nah, I mean, there is no way. But you shouldn't have been doing it. No way. Ain't no way you was going up there every Sunday lying to folks about things you claim to believe.
1: Man. Man. You know I'm a Christian and Holy Ghost filled tongue talking, pew jumping, devil thumbing, Bible quoting and toting all my life. My parents were, their parents were on both sides of the family, the grandparents, the great grands were.
0: See, this is the problem of what I call generational regeneration. Generational regeneration, right? Where you assume your kids are regenerated just because they're born into a Christian family. Being born into a Christian family don't make you one. This is this is pure case of this right now you know maybe your parents didn't know and all the people didn't know you're a christian but ultimately you knew who, who knew god did god did right god knew yeah Colton used the church for his own game he's just like well this is kind of what i grew up in so i just had to do the whole christian thing just because it's kind of a family tradition no you need to come to faith yourself and repent and trust in the god of the bible the holy God of the Bible, that is. Yeah, that's right. He he never had the Holy Spirit. He jumped up around, sung songs, seemed passionate and zealous, but no faith. No heart change. No heart change at all. Never never had the Spirit. None of this had taken root in his life. Remember, he just said, he never believed this. He, he never believed any of this. Yeah, that's right. He thinks the Holy Spirit is breakdancing and speaking gibberish. Yeah, that's that's a whole nother video right there. Right. Just the, <laughs> who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit did God does. Yeah, man. You know, you, you might have fooled a lot of people, but you know who you didn't. You didn't fool God. You know who knew? God did. God did.
1: Both sides of the family. This is all we know. We're dealing with at least two thousand years of interest indoctrination. So sorting through it the way I am, and the way many of you are, is pretty
0: powerful pretty powerful. Wait a minute. That that assumes you're actually coming to truth. You're leaving falsehood and now coming to truth, which you've already given up objectivity. You you're, Remember, you're in the questioning phase. You don't know anything right now. <laughs> See, I'm going to hold your feet to the fire of what you actually claim to believe. Or do you actually believe it? Or are you just lying to folks?
1: See, what's the motive here? We want to know. We want to know. And I want us to continue to keep thinking it. Now, I'm talking about the wrath of God. Because if we're saved, we're supposedly saved from God's wrath or from God's anger. Supposedly,
0: Romans 5, 9 literally says that. <laughs> saved from the wrath of God.
1: Or maybe just from God, that Jesus protects us from the wrath of God. Now, I know that sounds difficult and, and a little bit um, awkward to say.
0: As long as you understand what that means, that Jesus uh, propitiates expiates uh you know propitiates meaning he satisfies the wrath of God the wrath of the father not that jesus is uh like please don't do it all oh no he he's in perfect union with in harmony with the father so he's not in disagreement with it <laughs> but he propitiates he satisfies God's wrath on behalf of all who believe so this is not awkward if you just believe what the bible says i mean ah And guess what? I'm not ashamed of it. Yeah, God will pour out his wrath on sinners. I'm not ashamed of that. I've gone on streets preaching it. But many, many, uh, you know what? I'll give them this. Many Christians are ashamed of God's wrath. They just, you know, I've, you know, I've uh, been on the streets. And I've asked people, you know, who claim to be Christians and they'll get the gospel right. And I'll be like, okay, cool, cool. So what happens to people who don't believe this message? And they're like, you could tell they're like, oh, uh, you know, God will deal with them. You know, they don't want to say hell, right? They, they. I'm like, it's okay to say it. I mean, the Bible says it. And they're like, hell. I'm like, yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> but they're, they're they're squeamish about God's truth on hell. Don't be ashamed of God's hell. Don't be don't be ashamed about the truth and the reality of hell. Be bold. God's the clearest to talk about it. So
1: yeah but that's christianity jesus came and if he had not come supposedly to go to calvary and shed his blood for us god would send every human being on the planet to hell everyone including probably mary and joseph and all the apostles and all the prophets of old testament if it wasn't for jesus everybody would go to hell because jesus is the savior of the world the world that god purportedly in scripture admitted that he regretted creating in Genesis 6. He says, my spirit will not always strive with man. He's mortal. I actually repent or resent or regret that I made it.
0: Now, I have no problem with that language as long as as you understand the anthropomorphic language there that God is using to display his extreme hatred of sin. Not that he's like, oh, man, I, I really shouldn't have done this. That's not what's being communicated. But again, reading the Bible in the worst possible way, I get it.
1: And then he flooded the whole planet. He explained his, his, uh, displayed his first act of um, uh, violence and uh, tantrum. He just tripped.
0: See, see, notice the 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 t- a tantrum like an uncontrollable child is how he describes God. No, God was controlled in his emotion and direct in his attention. It wasn't just him flinging and wailing stuff around. See, again, atheists don't do the best, and I'm calling him an atheist because he's a practical one for sure, of describing the Bible in a careful, careful way of actually real, you know, things like Sky Daddy and, you know, the man upstairs, you know, stuff like that when they're just, they're just trying to be mockery, not trying to be accurate or, or fair in their critique, but just... Everything they're accusing God of they're doing vindictive. This is childish right here.
1: This is a childish tantrum he's throwing right now. And scared everybody. So, uh, is God emotional? And do we need to duck and hide from him by running to Jesus? That's why we love writing, singing, and worshiping songs about Jesus.
0: Well, let me tell you something. This Jesus is going to come back in wrath. Um... What does the Bible say about that? Um, Revelation 19, 15, which is a, a very um, amazing chapter, by the way, on God's wrath. Just amazing. If you just take time to understand Revelation 19, but it says, from his mouth comes a sword. Very, very, very familiar picture there about Revelation 1 as well. So that it may, that with it, he may strike down the nations. And he will rule them with a rod of, rod of iron. And he trespasses treads the winepress of the fierce wrath of God, the almighty. Just like uh, Revelation one talks about. Um, Jesus talked about him coming back on a cloud, returning in the cloud to separate the wicked from the righteous, right? From the wheat, from the chaff. Jesus talks a lot about the God, God's wrath, his own wrath. So to make it seem like only the father has wrath is, poor exegesis as well you know you only do this by ignoring all the verses that talk about his wrath and just only only uh, sticking to the verses that speak about Jesus being love which I believe he's love as well he's gracious, I'm very thankful for that as a sinner but you gotta heck, take all of who Jesus is not just the lamb version take the lion too
1: we say Lord or God but we really mean Jesus because Jesus is so much nicer than God and basically
0: Jesus is so much, they share in the same attributes. Again, this is, this is when you, <clears throat> this is the problem with a lot of evangelicals who only read certain things in the Bible. And so they have a truncated uh, gospel. They have a truncated uh, view of God. And then you come out and then guess what? Carlton, uh, you know, develops more, uh, uh, you know, into this, theology and um you know just starts rejecting it all you know so yeah God does not throw tantrums if God can control himself why doesn't he destroy us now why is he allowing this guy to speak such evil evil about him very excellent right very excellent point right if God was just throwing tantrum t- t- uh you know these tantrums none of us would be alive <laughs> that's an excellent point I didn't think of that yes. God would not allow you to speak about his name if he was just throwing tantrums. And guess what? There will be a day. There will be a day. If you do not repent, Carlton, that you will regret this message you gave to people. Can't imagine. Can't imagine. This is blas- This is a blasphemous message.
1: protects us from God. He seems more kind, more gentle. I often say if Jesus is God, is he a better God than God?
0: He shares in the same essence. As the Father. So, again, you're ignoring all the verses that speak about Jesus' wrath. So, again, this is your ignorance on your part because you were in bad Pentecostal doctrines, word of faith doctrines. So, again, yeah, bad theology produces bad living.
1: Or better being God than God? Do you prefer the Jesus God more than the Yehovah? Yehovah? Yahweh? Yahweh? testament mean god that repented and regret also
0: this is a bad view of describing because it makes it seem like there's plural gods so that's problematic in the first place
1: he resented that he made it because it's in there because none of us feel perfect enough that's what he says be perfect as i am perfect it's like how in the hell are we going to be perfect like you perfect god yeah that's the problem that
0: sounds like a personal uh dilemma the command is to be perfect how do you solve that dilemma uh mr calton pearson see this is why you have to understand the gospel god demands perfection yet you are broken his law every day that's why you need the gospel
1: you mean you up in heaven and stuff but you do get angry and you seem to be jealous and you do say that vengeance is yours and you will repay so you're vindictive and you're angry and you like a lot of attention and want all the glory you want not share the glory and that's the human God no
0: that's the God you don't like Even I mean even the unfair descriptions of God being vindict- vindictive and oh God's just you know kind of all about him well, well, well in one sense yes. Yeah, he's the creator he gets to determine the world we live in um, but you want a piece of that glory it seems like well share some of that with me you, you, you know not what you ask for Oh, silly human.
1: And that's the one you should be afraid of. But also, any god that can be killed ought to be killed. Because if a god can be killed, it ain't the real one. (laughs) That is
0: one of the most stupidest statements he said in this video. Um, And it contradicts something he said earlier. Well, because he said that, yeah, yeah, that's right. These are atheist talking points. So he's just, right now he's just mocking. But it's a stupid mockery because earlier in this video, if you recall, he says that we are divine, (laughs) but we can die. So therefore, he just contradicted himself there. But two, he's mocking the very gospel and incarnation. God came in the flesh to die on behalf of saviors willingly. He gave up his life. No one took it from him, right? You think you could kill Jesus if if he was like, no, this is not going to happen? You're not killing Jesus if that's the case but he willingly gave up his life to die a substitutionary death on the behalf of his people. Yet Carlton Pearson just (laughs) sit back and mocks that the gospel. (sighs) Woe to you Carlton. If you do not repent for the, for the mockery and the uh, leading other people, I'm sure in mockery on this point, judgment day will be, uh, very
1: fierce. Y'all heard me. If God can be killed, if God... your God can be killed and needs to be defended or that can even be offended. That would make that God pretty human. Pretty human-like.
0: Or God is uh, offended at sin. So, I mean, that I mean, that makes him holy. Again, like I said, reading the possible way, I expect nothing less from a practical atheist.
1: With ego and pride. And greed, and you know all the things we attribute to sinners, or even ourselves as sinners. I need to, I need to stop. But I wanted to put that out there and let you think about. Um, and I did have something, and I talked about the wrath of God and the year gods and what that means and eternal damnation. I do not believe it. I know it's clear in Scripture.
0: So, so the real problem is, is. You, talk about pride! All the things you contributed to God—God God being prideful and and uh, ego—you don't believe what you claim is clear in Scripture. Yet you want to call yourself Christian. Talk about pride! You redefine—you—you you literally are redefining what it means to be a Christian. And let's be real: claiming to know more than Christ, because Christ believed the very thing you rejected.
1: It was eternity doomed. condemn, condemn, condemn? But there is, therefore, now no condemnation, to scripture or nation or nation to those who are in Christ, who walk not after the flesh, the laws of Scripture. Yeah,
0: to those who are in Christ, not for everybody. See, he want to
1: makes he want to makes this
0: a a uh, universalistic statement, right? And yeah, how do you say it's clear in Scripture to say I don't believe it? Yeah, clown world for sure. Yeah, super clown. Like, bro, what? That deserves this. What, bro? What are you talking about, man? What? What are you talking about, man? What are you? What are you? What are you... Why you always lying? Yeah, I should have played that for him in the pulpit, right?
1: awesome <laughs> religion, but after the spirit, so you have to get free from legalism, or you're gonna feel condemned.
0: See, and, and now because he's redefined these things in the Bible, rejected these things. Now he redefines legalism to mean there's no wrath of God. See, <laughs> this is why you got to know your Bible. Because that's not what the Bible teaching about legalism. It has to do with adding works to the gospel. Yeah, I, I'm scared for him too, man. This is why you got to be careful who you listen to and who you follow. Um, uh, Yeah.
1: Uh, all the time. There isn't any condemnation to them who who will walk after the Spirit. Those are in Christ consciousness.
0: See, so notice he, he he changes it. Notice to in Christ becomes in Christ, Christ consciousness, and his view of Christ 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 consciousness is like people who are generally well. You know what? It includes it includes everybody. Christ consciousness. It's if you're made in God's image. That's what it simply means. But that's not what it's talking about when you're in Christ. It means to have union with Him. You are, you are in Him. You share in His death. You share in His resurrection. You have come to Him by faith. You have trusted in Him. Th- this is false teaching to the max. You just, now you're just redefining Christian theology, redefining bi- Bible. Don't just do. It. You know I have no p- people, no respect for people like this. Look, you don't believe it? Just say you're done. Wash your hands. Be an atheist. Go live your life. Right. But this shows how religious people still are. Don't believe any of the words in the Bible, but wants to redefine it for himself.
1: Not religion and not necessarily Christianity, but in Christ consciousness, which precedes Christianity by thousands of years. All the way back to the Christians and the Horaces and the Osirises and the uh, Mithras and all the different sort of Christ type personalities throughout history. That's a whole nother teaching. Yeah, it is. There's an an interest in aliens and and extraterrestrials and UFOs. The Pentagon is dealing with it. Congress is asking questions.
0: What, bro? What are you talking about, man? This guy's in another universe, literally in another realm, in another universe. Yeah, talking new age dribble, as Travis just said. Yes, um, guys, we got to be confident about god's wrath confident about uh trust that uh in the god of scripture don't be ashamed of these things there's nothing to be ashamed about you know be confident what god has spoken yeah he's spoken about his wrath okay yeah we believe it the world may mock it you know that reminds me of text uh let me let me see if i can bring this text up uh let me see yeah 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 here it is let me let me go to it let me see if someone with uh yeah yep she Anashi, i hope i said that your name right this is why we need to study the word for ourselves with the real teacher the holy spirit of the word of god that you will know man speaking truth amen to that the bible multiverse of madness that's right <laughs> let me read a bible verse for you guys because this reminds me of this it reminds me of this um 2nd Peter 3 starting at verse 3 Apostle Peter says knowing this first of all that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing didn't that sound like um, Coltrane Pearson didn't it sound like scoffing him mocking that God died Jesus died right right in the incarnation scoffers will come in the last days scoffing Following their own sinful desires, hmm. they will say, "Where is the promise of His coming?" Right? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. For they deliberately overlook this fact. I, I love the apologetic method. Like, look, they're not seeing this, right? They they ignoring this, that the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of the water and through water by the word of word, word of God. And that means and that by means of these the world that then existed was deluged with water and perish. But by the same world by the same word, the heavens and earth that now exists are stored up for fire. You know, the very thing that Corbin rejects, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. Hmm. So yeah, just just be just be reminded my, my friends that you know I am reminded see that that I heard uh Lane Tipton uh you know preaching on eschatology and was this the scoffing in eschatology, right? Is whenever we hear people mocking, that's that, that text should be on our minds. These they ignore the fact that God is gonna judge them. That's pretty much what Peter's saying. They're ignoring it. Right? Yeah. Dude, is sounding like Oprah. Yeah, I know, right? Like, yeah. But hey, when we get to heaven, brothers, we will rejoice. We will be glorifying in the God who is wrath, just, holy, love, merciful, patient. Heaven will sound cu- sort of like this, I imagine. Yo. we'll be rowdy right we'll be rowdy giving him praise and so uh yeah 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 david yeah so yeah you don't really believe in god yep yep yeah so tomorrow like i said tomorrow i will be live 2 p.m central standard time and i will be going over some deconstruction so if you kind of like this episode tomorrow's episode you'll like as well because i'll be reviewing a person saying they're no longer a christian and they'll be giving their reasons why and so i'll be providing my response to that and hopefully we can have a conversation with some of these people that reject the faith and so like i said make sure you like the video subscribe if you're not until next time y'all y'all know how we do it here at all things theology Grace and peace, peace, y'all. Grace and peace. peace. Hey, till the next time, y'all. Grace and peace.